and welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, a show where we talk about table. I'm just gonna start again. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, a show where we talk about tabletop games and gaming topics of all kinds. This week, we're talking about the games we played the most this year. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher, and I'm- Chris is gonna leave this all in. I just know it. <laughs> I'm Kitty, and I'm Chris, and I'm gonna leave that all in. <laughs> 2020 has been a good year for playing games. Also, 2022. Granted, for us. 20. I'm. <laughs> yep. We're professionals. We're that in bo- too. This is our special holiday episode. <laughs> yeah, we don't even have a live audience, and we don't have juice. like 30 minutes of banter to throw us off to have any sort of excuses tonight. Actually, I think that is the excuse without our warm up audience. <laughs> 2022 has been a good year for playing games. Granted for us, many of those games have been on Board Game Arena. Today, we're going to look back over the year and talk about our most played games. These games probably didn't come out in 2022, but they're still the ones that we found and occupied our gaming attention with the most. But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, Michael Finley, Listener Doug, and the Gift of Games in Grace Lake, Illinois. Huge thank you to all of our other patrons as well, who are normally, well, many of them are normally with us, and they're normally on our Zoom. But I'm not going to tell you about Zoom because this week and... Well, this week, if you're already listening to this, it doesn't matter. But next week, we will also not have a live recording. We will have our next live recording in the first Monday in January. So um, you can check out... The second. Yep. Right? <laughs> you can check out our webpage, tabletopgamedoc.com slash live, to uh, get more information on that. Uh, meanwhile, you can join our Discord, because that's always going. And you can join our BGA group, because we play a lot of BGA games. Well, two of the three of us play a lot of BGA games. so yeah there's that um speaking of bga if you would like to join our look at the stars tournament uh that is going to start on december 27th i want to say i'm looking at a calendar right now to make sure yes the 27th so the tuesday after christmas um and you can join that by going to our discord go to the look at the stars uh, channel there, and there is a link that will take you directly to it. You do not have to have a minimum ranking or anything like that. That link will just automatically let you sign up. And then we are doing TGTCon 2, February 17th through the 18th. So it'll be a 24-hour, maybe 36-hour, somewhere between those two times. Um, uh, con, I don't think Kitty's going to be up for all of it. Fletcher, are you going to be up for all of it with me? Oh, I mean, I'm not going to be up for... I don't know what you mean. I, I just, I won't are, are you going to participate in all 24 hours yeah. is what he's asking. He's no. staying up all night. Because <laughs> I'm not insane. All right. Well, one yes. of us may end up doing that. Um, I'll probably sleep for a few hours in there. But yeah, so that's going to be February 17th through the 18th. There will be a link in the Discord as soon as event submissions go up. I'm going to do tabletop events for this. And that will go up sometime before the first week of January. So sometime over the holidays, will that link will go up. And yeah, that will we'll get more information. Probably our episode, our first episode of the year, maybe on TGTCon too, to give more information on that. Um, so how was your guys's week slash weekend? How are things? How's stuff? There's a tragedy is in my home. <laughs> <laughs> Our Uh-oh. Christmas tree 
just fell over. We were all sitting there in the room. No one was touching it, and it just fell over. And many of my favorite ornaments, including the snow baby, were broken. Aww. And I'm heartbroken. Is, is this a real sad. Christmas tree? Or yeah, it's a real Christmas or tree. A replica. Okay. My for real Christmas tree, my eight and a half foot tall Christmas tree full of Holy glass Christmas. ornaments, just <laughs> fell over. <laughs> um, Did the base collapse? It, well, we picked a tree that is not the most symmetrical. I think that was its downfall. <laughs> and we think that the water in the base was doing some of the work of holding it up. And as it evaporated, it just stopped tipped. doing the work. It stopped doing the work. It just tumped over. Yep. Oh, that's that's sad, actually. It was sad. But, you know, it was just stuff. We're all fine. We managed to stop both our children and our dog from walking in the gigantic pile of broken glass. So, no injuries. <laughs> I they can all be replaced. Yeah, I I was we were put up our Christmas tree over the last week week and a half, I think. Um, and there are a few sentimental ornaments that we have on there. But I was I was talking to Sydney. I'm like, we really just need to replace all of these generic ornaments with things that actually like we care about. <laughs> Yeah, but then your tree falls over and you care about all of them and it's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, none of the ones that we don't care about broke. Like, those ones are all, like, you know, the plasticky whatever <laughs> just, ones. Just like, the, the one that Spencer got for being an intern at Porsche is fine, of course. Like, great. That one couldn't have broken? I'll trade you. <laughs> I'll make some sort of Faustian bargain to bring back my snow baby Aww. in exchange for all of the ones I don't like. But, um, oh well. What's a snow baby? Yeah. It was... <laughs> okay, so it's not... So if you, like, Google snow baby, it's not that. Is it another okay. liturgical So I can't even season? Google it. No, you can't Google it. Because there is a legitimate thing called a snow baby, but I don't know. Um, so this was an ornament that I remember picking out with my mom in the basement of Marshall Field. When I was like maybe eight years old, and it looked like a little snowman, but it was dangling from his foot upside down from the hook, and it was just a little cute kind of little snowman guy. And if anyone knows what I'm talking about or where I can buy one off eBay, let me know because I will. But I googled it; I can't find it anywhere. I have no words to describe this thing except a small snowman hanging by foot, and that didn't help me with Google. So. Uh, yeah. Small snowman. I, I just googled upside down <laughs> snowman ornament, um, and I'm sure you got all of the not correct results that like, I got. A lot of them are just snowmen standing on their head. Uh, yeah, mostly just snowmen standing on their head. Was it colorful or is it just like a single glass? It was white? a little white snowman with a red hat. It was a white blown glass snowman with a red hat. Hmm. But it was upside down, and it was upside down. It was hanging from like an ornament hook by its foot. All right. It was very cute. Now mm. we have a mission to find <laughs> this snowman because it wasn't engraved or it's anything, not right? There's nothing. No, it wasn't special. Was it like a snowman baby? I'm confused why you call it a snow baby. It, it looked like a baby. It looked little. I'm, I'm like, confused. Squishable and cute. Why you called it a snow baby and just assume know. that everyone understood what you were talking about. Uh, no, I know that nobody understands. <laughs> nobody understands what I'm talking about like 90% of the time. I just live in my own world of bizarre references and 
insanity, and I'm happy that way. Nobody No one needs to understand me. me. Except, you know, there are listeners out there who sometimes get my weird references, because I thought nobody would understand my Meet Me in St. Louis skate reference that I made one time. And immediately, like, the next day on Twitter, somebody was like, oh, yeah, Meet Me in St. Louis. I was like, oh, well, all right. So maybe my like the strange ramblings. Yeah. The Judy Garland movie. I don't remember what context it came up on the podcast. Oh, because I messed up the the sounds. I left in too many sounds at the beginning of an episode that I edited without Chris. (laughs) Oh. I said, oh, that's where I left my other skate. (laughs) It's just a weird thing my family does because we've watched that movie way too many times. It's one of my mom's favorites. I made made the same reference. I don't know what episode it was, but somebody mentioned something. (laughs) Because someone was talking about Kansas City, and I was like, I think everything is up to date there. <laughs> and I think that flew by everyone. Uh, all I know is if anyone can find you an upside down snowman with a hook on his foot wearing a red hat, it's our listeners. Because it's not Google. <laughs> and I don't, I don't think it's out there. This is like something from like probably almost 30 years ago at a now defunct department store. It's just... Yeah, but it should have a creation mark or something or like a, you know, a designer. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know what it is, though. So we need to track down the artist <laughs> that created this in the first it place. It definitely was from Marshall Fields because it had the little like clock tag thing on it still. All right. Well, and that was how I identified it. It's <laughs> it's tiny snow corpse foot. <laughs> <laughs> so tabletop dead ornament talk. Um, and you thought we were gonna not be able to fill an episode we spent 10 minutes talking about my dead dead ornament (laughs) uh-huh yep okay all right (sighs) yeah no i got a new 3d printer so maybe i'll just print you a new snowman hanging upside down (laughs) i can draw it for you all right i could probably 3d model this it will give me the if you draw it well enough you could probably use like (laughs) tin eye to like figure out you know this is really gonna i'm gonna we could do put this. all of my artistic focus into drawing the best recreation i can all right of this little boy yeah no I, I this new 3d printer i flip and love <laughs> it so i want to print whatever you want whatever it is i will print it i will send it to you it's amazing <laughs> it's literally five times faster than my old printer and 10 times easier to use and i Oh, I just love it. Um, I think everyone should get it. It's I the ink anchor make anchor maker anchor make M five something like that. Um, but yeah, it was a Kickstarter that came in this week, and I set this up, and I've like been printing on it nonstop. It's kind of loud, so I'm not printing on it right now since it's just in the other room. But um, Fletcher, did you get a new printer? No, I did not get a new right. printer. <laughs> did you break any ornaments? <laughs> Did not break any ornaments. Did you ornaments. leave your no. house? Um, did I leave my house? Uh, yes, actually. Yesterday, um, Carmen and I went out for dinner at a nice restaurant. And uh, yeah, I left my house yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. <laughs> we're getting ready. Yeah, we're we're getting ready and um, starting to pack for our vacation to California coming up in a few days. So that's what we were doing. Cleaning and packing. I need to wrap a whole bunch of Christmas presents this week and a few Hanukkah presents. 
and then get ready to. I'm moving Christmas because <laughs> you're moving. Yeah, it's Christmas. inconveniently timed this year, so I'm just going to move it. Um, <laughs> it makes it a little bit easier for me. Now we're going to move everything up a day, so we're going to do Christmas Eve on Friday, Christmas morning on Saturday morning, and then drive to Michigan, and then do Christmas morning again with the cousins on Sunday morning. But um, so that's. That's my current plan. I actually need to clear it with everyone involved, but that's the current plan. Seems seems like that's what we should be doing. Um, but yeah, so the kids are, they'll have multiple opening present time because Hanukkah, because they, so their mom is, Hanukkah's yeah, her, their mom is Jewish, or was. And, but their grandmother is very Jewish. So they get Hanukkah presents every night. And then, which started on Sunday. Uh, and then they, it'll go through until Christmas day or the day after Christmas. One of those day after day after Christmas, I think. Um, so they get a present every night for Hanukkah and then presents on Christmas Eve from grandparents and then presents on Saturday morning from us and then presents on Sunday morning from Santa and cousins. And then they're going to ask, why don't we get any presents on Monday? And I'm going to be like, because you have too much stuff and one of you has to stay here because we can't fit everything in the car. (laughs) and then i will let them brawl and figure out which one gets the seat back but those are my plans they might happen we'll see but should we talk about games yep probably let's do this so we played a lot of games on board game arena and we know this because board game arena tracks everything we do as long as it's a ranked game if it's a training game, we don't know those. But um, so all of the games of Next Station London that Kitty and I play for the D- Daily Challenge, those don't count. <laughs> but I was kind of impressed with the number of games that we played. Um, and by we, I mean Kitty and I. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still nowhere near as high as you are. No, but I do play a lot of games. Now, all right. So essentially in... Kitty, you only you have only played like twenty more games than Chris has won. That's <laughs> true. Yep, <laughs> accurate. Yes. So, well, we'll start with Fletcher's because I think that um, it'll just be quicker to to start there. Um, <laughs> so, Fletcher reluctantly played thirty three games on Board Game Arena. I'm going to say reluctantly because there's no games on this list that I think that you are like. I want to play this. I think we made you play all of these. Azul. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I wanted to play Azul. I beat you in Azul. That's one of my victories. Yeah, but that's why I don't like playing Azul. Um, Losing (laughs) is terrible. So you played 33 games this year. um, Had two victories, according to BGA. And these are... On Board Game Arena. Yeah, and these are... (laughs) (laughs) And a victory in Board Game Arena is when you come in first place in the game. A win in board game arena is when you come in higher than somebody else. So if you're in a four player game and you are also the victor, you get three wins because you've bit you've beat three people. Um, but for this, they were just counting victories. So 33 games, two victories. Most of your games are railroad Inc, which was a tournament. That was begrudging. Begrudging. <laughs> but by the end, you decided that you liked it a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, you still don't join any of our games that are constantly starting all the time on Discord. I join. I join the uh, the um, what is it? Starry Night yes. tournament, whatever. It's um, mm-hmm. What is it called? It's not Starry Night. It's Up look at the, the stars. stars. Look at the stars. Yep. Look at the stars. All right. 
I'm, I'm look at them. Yes. Have you played that game yet? <laughs> I played. Yeah. I played yeah. You, you played one game against me. Yes. That yes. was your most recent <laughs> game played. Um, all right. All right. We're going to see. So we'll get that up to seven. The, so Azul and Railroad Inc. are kind of tied. They're, well, kind of. They are tied. So the, both of those are seven. And both of those stemmed from your tournaments that you were playing. Yes. And then you played Welcome to four times and Can't Stop three times. And the crew and three the, times. And the crew three times. Which is a lie. Because, and I, this is my beef with the crew. Because Kitty and I have played the crew yeah. many times. So many times. So it many should times. be my number one game. Yeah. If we counted the actual number of mission attempts, it would be well over 200. But it counts it per session. Right. So if you played eight missions in a session, you get one game played in Board Game Arena. Unless you constantly end and restart the game, which is that's dumb too much work for us too much work <laughs> um but yeah so we played a crew a lot and yeah you played seven wonders duels a couple times um i think both of those games you abandoned us uh yep game <laughs> game abandoned <laughs> wasn't my abandoned, fault so we're not gonna count that it was your fault you played one of the longest blood rage games in history oh my god <laughs> i think that game took three months and i'm not i don't think i'm exaggerating I think it actually took three months. I don't months. think you are. Um, so it took a while. And yeah, you got a great Western trail in here. You have one next station, London. Come on. Um, and then roll for the galaxy. Oh, you must have played that during TGT Con, right? I did. And yes. then Space Base also probably. And Abyss. Yes. So those are that's it. That's your complete list of games. That's everything you've done. That I played on Board Game Arena. That you played on Board Game Arena. Okay. What else did you play? Well, we'll get to the in real life stuff. In a second. Yeah, please. <laughs> All right. Kitty, your stats. Yes. Do Are you going to read them to me no, like you read Fletcher's gonna... or do I get to read my own? You can read your own. <laughs> I read, I read Fletcher's because I... trying to subtly or not so subtly shame. Yeah, I, I wanted to really, you know, I wanted to shame Fletcher, so I needed to be able to read the stats. But for this, you can read your own stats. Okay. I played 273 games. I had 87 victories. Which is My a good top games... It's not, it's not terrible. I don't know what percentage 32%. It is, 32%. That feels good. That feels good. I'm happy with that. Um, top game, Next Station London, with 83 plays, which is many. And that's not counting my daily solos? That's stuff. not counting your solos. So I played a lot of Next Station London this year. Um, Railroad Inc. is next. Welcome to and Seven Wonders Duel and Azul. So I do think that these were all kind of colored by the tournament. I did a lot of kind of dabbling in games on Board Game Arena. Because the games that I feel like I play the most are... I play a lot of hardback. I play. I went through a, a phase where I played a lot of parks. I played a lot of viticulture. So if you look at my, my most played games, right under Azul is the crew. And then the crew deep mission... Mission Deep Sea, if I could read. Um, those ones I actually feel like if you combine them and you talked about how many missions we played, those would be number one. Yeah. <laughs> I just I played a ton of the crew this year. Yeah, the number no, And the then of Viticulture is also ten games. Is insane. Oh. Mm-hmm. I played a lot of Viticulture, went through a Viticulture phase, went through a parks phase. Um 
Yeah, and I told everyone on the podcast that I wanted to play Seven Wonders Duel, so that's why it ended up so high. <laughs> it was because everyone just took me up on that, and that was great. I loved it, but yeah, I'm impressed. It, it's that not really what I start normally. I'm impressed that Next Station London overtook Railroad Inc. by a lot because Next Station London you have 83 games, Railroad Inc. 61, and we were doing Railroad Inc. every day. They play for a, a while. lot faster. I wasn't in every railroad ink. I'm a little more selective. I honestly don't like to play um, the meteors or lava as much as I like to do rivers and lakes. You don't like the red ones. But I don't like the red ones. I only enjoy cool, relaxing colors. The red is too stressful on my eyes. And I would think, so welcome to, you have 23 games, although it's always, you're always in a game of welcome to, it's just welcome to games take about a week to finish. They take so long to finish compared to Railroad Inc. or Next Station. And that's the real thing is, you know, whenever a game of something ends, I make sure I either join or start a new one of that kind of game. So it's just basically you can see how fast do these games play. Yeah. Now, Next Station Lunder is very fast. Railroad Inc. is a little bit faster and Welcome to is pretty slow. (laughs) So we're not talking about in real life games just yet. But just out of curiosity, this is 273 games that you've played. And... Have you ever had a previous year where you've played that many games or even approached being close to that? Absolutely none. <laughs> I love BGA. I love BGA. I've been really I like I like it. So I think if we take 273 times 2, um 273 is the number of games times 2 is 546. I've played 572 games this year. With 255 victories, which is almost 50%. Um, it's like 45-ish percent or so, which I'm going to say that's not bad. I'm going to, I mean, I only play games I'm really good at and only against people who don't know how to play. So that kind of skews the numbers a little bit. <laughs> but that's so true. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really about the strategy of getting these numbers, the numbers you want. Um, my number one game by far, Railroad Inc. I have played 168 games of Railroad Inc. this year and ranked games, non, non training games. We play it pretty much always. If I see a game, um, posted in Discord as Railroad Inc., I join it and we play it at work at least three times a week for the past six months or so. Um, we've been constantly playing it. Next Station London, I'm at 75. Welcome to 32. Azul is 28, which is... That's a lot more than just our tournament. And then this one actually surprised mm-hmm. me. My fifth most played game is Homeworlds. And my sixth most played game is uh, Great Western Trail. Uh, 22 and 21, respectively. 21 games of Great Western Trail this year, which is phenomenal. In all the mm-hmm. previous years combined, I don't think I did six because it takes a long time to set up, and in person, it's to a To set pain. up, get out, to get people over to be in the same space. Yep. Yeah. I remember when you did your 10 by 10, wasn't this on your 10 by 10? Yeah. And you didn't accomplish it. No, I got couldn't t- get I think 10 I got two plays, plays in. in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now 21 in a year. Yep. And I have a ton of, like... Heavy stuff. I mean, some a lot of one-of games over the time, just like, okay, I want to try this. I want to try that. Um, but, like, I've played Lost Runes of Arnak ten times. Um, Viticulture nine times. Beyond the Sun seven times. Uh, these are big 
heavy games and feast for odin four times um through the ages three times so we went on a on a phase on that one and i actually need to play that again <laughs> through the ages is so and good. i was not into it <laughs> i would like to give a shout out here because i'm looking at all of our top opponents here and chris and i are uh very close to each other's top opponents but um one name only one name that is not a host <laughs> shows up in all three lists, which is crazy because Fletcher has only three people in his... Oh, no. Not enough. He only has three people in his list. But yeah, so it's me, Chris Fletcher, and John Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> Listener, friend of the show, yeah, cannot say no to a BGA game, John Sullivan. So shout out, John, for always being there. Yep. And <laughs> I will say I only put the top three for Fletcher because he had so few matches, but I think... <laughs> If we look at the top ones overall, it's essentially the same. So we have Sir Solly, uh, JC Wolfhart, Sumnus, Aces 2062, which is Lightning Steve. Um, those are basically our top in the top five on all of us. In ba- yep. And then uh, JL Hoover comes in as the next one on the list. So, yeah. But if we look at that, and I haven't seen... Actually, if I just look at my numbers, that'll get a lot of us, too. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Michael Yanikowski, um, Adrian Dong, uh, Matthew... I mean, we probably just should save it, because we're... We're just reading our credits here. Yeah, it's just, it's basically <laughs> become a Patreon, become a patron and play games with us. Like that's, that's just how this, how this goes. But I, I mean, going to the games that I played on BGA, I have found games on BGA that I did not realize I liked as much as I would have. And games I did like, I've gotten to play a lot. Like I said, Great Western Trail. I have a game going right now, so it doesn't count. So that'll be 23 by the end of the week. Um, Seven Wonders Duel, I've played it 19 times. And I, when I first played that in person, the first couple times, I'm like, I had really no interest in playing it again. And then playing it here, it's a fun game. I like it. Kitty even beat me once and I haven't played since, but still. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> you beat me since I beat you. No, I had to. Pretty sure you won our last game. I had to get revenge. And then you stopped playing me. Um, Lost Rooms of Arnak. I'm really hoping that they put the expansion in, uh, which they might. We'll see. That could happen. Honestly, my biggest problem with Seven Wonders Duel is that sometimes it's like glitchy on my phone. When I'm trying to play on mobile, it doesn't like it when I click a card. It's like, I'll show you the descriptive text. I don't want the descriptive text. I want the <laughs> I actions. Want the card. I want the actions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I even played Dungeon Pets three times, which is a fina- fantastic game, but it's over a decade old and nev- a game I would have never sat down in person to play. I think that's another thing that's nice yeah. about BGA is you don't have to know the game to play the game because it won't let you do anything wrong. And you mm-hmm. can take the first couple turns without really knowing what's going on and then like watch a how to play or something, except for Dungeon Pets. Dungeon Pets, every single turn matters. So if you take a bad first turn, you're just done. But you can still go through the motions and finish the game. You can play a whole game of Feast for Odin and never know what's happening. And you've done and, it. Yeah, I've done it. I've been there. Accomplished. You won't do well. I, I love because that. Because I still, I'm not clear on how the animals breed. <laughs> that game was great. But whatever. <laughs> because it was, it was 
Kitty, oh my gosh, Sydney thinks Sydney. I'm like strategizing. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, okay, so Kitty's going to do this and I'm going to have to do this. I'm like, Sydney, no, no. don't. If you anticipate don't what Kitty's going to do based on the best what... thing she could do, you are going to anticipate wrong. <laughs> Kitty is going to be like, which button is the easiest to click? Yep. Done. <laughs> my, Moving on with my day. My favorite is like when she texted you, it's like, okay, so this is your best move. And you're like, okay. But no, if you- she just started playing over my shoulder because she was too frustrated that I wasn't actually doing anything right. <laughs> I I do like Feast for Odin. It is sometimes I'm I'm good at it and I can like just jump in and go. Other times I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. And I've only played it four times. I feel like I played it many more than that, but it's one of those games that so intense. It's weird. I actually think this one might be easier for me to play in person. If I learned it in person, played with humans who are telling me what they're doing, and I could see yeah. everything at once, maybe just like once or twice, then I could go to BGA and play it. But like, I just, I think that there's is, a lot to wrap your mind around. Yeah, I think that's actually the that case game. for a number of these games. For a lot of the heavier Euro games, it is hard to learn them digitally. Because that that tactile memory of a board game does really help. Mm -hmm. You know, like, okay, I can see all the pieces at once. There's one um, that I played a few times, uh, Space Station Phoenix. This one is just a giant game, a huge table hog, an amazing game. But when you're playing it on BGA, you can't see everything at once. So you actually have tabs that you have to go to to manage different aspects of your space station. And when it's all in front of you... You can be like, okay, I need to pay attention to all these things. But when something's hidden behind a tab, it's like, okay, wait a minute. What am I doing next now? Who's who's doing mm-hmm. what where? But yeah, I I just I super appreciate BGA. I'm going to finish Hadrian Hadrian's Wall at some point in the future. <laughs> um, Fletcher is going to help me. Uh, actually, Fletcher, I'm we should set up you. a time this week that we can get you set up so that you can um test on your own account that you said you created i did create my own account this week is probably bad but next week will be better because i'm going out next week in in a few days next week works as well so we will get that all set up and going all right so those were our bga games um a lot of them and i i like kitty what is your i mean i guess this is kind of redundant but like (laughs) your top three games on bga is not necessarily the top three most played but what are your three most favorite games to play on bga same thing i'm gonna ask you the same thing fletcher even though you only have seven to choose from (laughs) so there's like two different ways that i like to use bga and there's like the the in person where we all get on a call and play together and then there's like the in the background you know i check it whenever my children are being good for five minutes and I, I take my turns. Um, so if we're talking about like in person, you, me, Spencer and Sydney are getting on Zoom, we're going to play something, then it's the crew. That is my favorite. That is like what I want to do. Very fun. I like that. And then I like it when we have some extra time and we play a round of Stella, yep. um, a Dixit Universe game. Those are my two favorites to play in person on BGA, I guess. Um, but if we're talking about... Just, you know, games to have going all of the time. I don't know. I rotate through these a lot. 
I kind of get sick of games and filter in something new. So currently I'm playing a lot of Look at the Stars. I'm almost always playing in Railroad Inc. and Welcome to. Those ones stick around a lot. And then I kind of filter through other games. Most recently I was playing a lot of Hardback, but I can't decide if I if that game is just like whoever is winning at the beginning is going to win. It feels a little bit like there there's an advantage to having a good start that is very hard to get over. So I find I don't know. that BGA can do that to a number of games. Well, digital adaptations can do that to a number of games where mm-hmm. you realize something about the game that's like, oh, now I mean I like now the concept, I know that, but <laughs> it's yeah. Uh, I, and I'm I'm like we're gonna do look at the stars, but I'm curious how much how much replayability is really there because the scores mm-hmm. always seem so close and i'm i'm wondering if there's actually a Somehow strategy you have already played so much more of this than i have now <laughs> i've only played according to bga i've completed five games but i also have three games in flight right now yeah i think i've completed one game and i have two games in play right now yeah so but it is a fun game. It'll definitely be something that'll keep people occupied for seven or eight. And because the scores can be so close, mm-hmm. it'll be it'll be kind of fun to see who bubbles up to the top. Maybe we get um, different people in there. I'm curious, too. I don't know how you set up the tournament. If we're going to have random scoring tiles or if it's going to be just the, the default ones. Random. And also if the scores are going to be visible or not. Because... Visible visible okay i think the visible scoring is easier i am playing in it one game now where the scoring is not visible and i definitely have to be a little bit more on my toes it's not just checking the boxes for me i have to do counting so yeah and i made it a little trickier yeah i made it visible um for those who don't know look at the stars is a flip and flip and draw um and you can have in real-time scoring. So Railroad Inc. does real-time scoring by default. Um, I don't think you can even turn that off. Um, same thing with Welcome To. It basically will show you the perp- everyone's current score. And Look at the Stars, you have the option of not doing that. The thing is, all of the information is still on the screen. So if you wanted to sit down and, and yeah. look at everyone's <laughs> score, you could simply, you could just, you know, calculate it out. And I figured, you know, something... Why make people do that? We'll just show them the actual score, right? Um, there are yeah. some games, like Great Western Trail also has the ability to turn on or off real-time scoring, and all the information is on the board to calculate the score, um, but it's so complicated to calculate, and some of it's hidden in players' hands and stuff that you don't, you can't really do that, so turning that off there does make a difference. Um, but for look at the stars, I figured we'll just leave it on. And then the random goals is just because if you play the same game over and over and over, it doesn't get so great. It gets boring. Yes. <laughs> so I have a similar, like I railroad Inc. Love this game. I keep playing this game. Um, next station, London. I'll basically play that anytime it comes up. Welcome to with the expert variant. It's, it's not bad. Um, but it's just a game that can be played. You know, it's, it is fine. I like it. I, it's my third most played game, but it's not, I wouldn't choose that over something else. I would say my most favorite game is Great Western Trail, um, for sure. Probably followed by Lost Runes of Arnak and Beyond the Sun, pro- maybe in that order. So like the heavier stuff, the stuff that I have a hard time getting to the table 
normally mm-hmm. I like really like on BGA and those implementations are very, very good as well. Um, I do want to do more feast for Odin. I need to just Sydney and I will play two player feast for Odin and she'll sit on the couch and I'll sit at my desk and we'll play a game while staring at our phone. Uh, while staring at a computer. <laughs> we went out to dinner the other day and we're sitting there. And so she's like, pulls out her phone, starts up a game of Homeworlds. And it's like, you have an invite for a game. I'm like, okay. So we both just stared at our phones the entire time during dinner playing Homeworlds. I think. Uh, yes. Me and Spencer did this at an airport one time where yeah. we just sat across from each other, staring at our phones. Play. We played parks, but yeah. yeah. It's like, no, we're totally engaged with each other. It's just <laughs> right? via this digital <laughs> medium. Mm-hmm. All right, Fletcher, your favorite games on BGA, if you have any. I know Blood Rage is the number one. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted that game to end. I was like, please, please let it end. Um, Yeah, so I would probably go with Azul as number one. I like that game. And I beat you. You did. So, you know, that's number one for me. Uh, Number two is probably The Crew. Because even though I've only played it three times, I mean, it says three times, right? We've kind of yeah. talked about this, mm-hmm. but we played a lot more than three rounds. Um, and then the last one will probably be Welcome To. Um, well, those are probably my top three in that order. Well, we definitely need to get you in more games on a regular basis. Um, another thing that's interesting, I like on BGA, and I'm looking at your your thing right now. When you look at most frequent opponents... It gives you the name of the opponent based on how many games you played with them. And then it tells you how many victories you had against that opponent. But the way it says it is, so your most frequent opponent was Chris Steele, and you had two hits on 18 games. So (laughs) victories or wins are called hits. And I'm like, all right. But you have 11% win rate against me. Uh, Congratulations. What I is, have a twenty four percent win rate against you. Yeah, you're, you're, mine is a sixty seven, which means you're it. Me. Yeah, Fletcher. <laughs> I have a wait. You have a twenty four percent win rate against me. That's what it says. And I have a sixty percent win rate against you, which means we were in some games that somebody else won. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So neither of us had victories in those games. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's kind of cool to have all the stats, and I know that it's actually a little weird how close that is. Like those, that's a big percentage. It's like eighty four percent of the games we played in together, one of us won. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <Yeah>. everyone else. <laughs> this is what happens when you play games; you get good at it. I want to go to the World Series of Board Gaming next year, but that'll be in our next episode. Um, meanwhile. <laughs> Let's see. All right. In real life games. Fletcher. And I think that D&D counts in this. I did not write this on my list, but I think we all played D&D at the beginning of the year quite a bit. Uh, but so Fletcher, real Was life that games. this year? I don't know what time is. Anymore. I don't know. I don't know. It took me a hard time to like. <laughs> I said it was 2020 at the beginning of this episode. So yeah. I had to rewind. That's true. To January. It's like, what happened in January? <laughs> <sighs> And then it occurred to me that, oh, a lot happened in January. All right. Yeah. But then I'm like, oh, nope, that's the wrong January. I think that's the wrong January, right? Because we've had an election. And yeah, so it's time means nothing anymore. Everything is just a blur. Mm -hmm. So, but Fletcher, in some indistinguishable amount of time in the past, 
what games have you actually played in person and had fun with? So I'm not going to say in person, but, uh, you know, not on not VGA. On VGA. Mm-hmm. The game that I probably, well, not probably, the game I definitely played the most and put the most hours into was um, Dungeons and Dragons. This is so yeah. anybody's like, <laughs> you know, no, no surprise there. Um, were we still playing at the beginning of I the think year? We started I think playing so. at the beginning of the year, right? No, we started the end of last no. year. And then the beginning of the year is really? when we started doing a role playing episode each month. And then that faded away after a few months. Yeah. Along with our campaign. So I think we, we ended kind right. of mid year. Summer happened and we started being like, oh, life. Well, we were moving. And you were moving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I continued playing D anD D with uh, you know another group what? of friends. And, How dare you? Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have other friends. <laughs> they probably live in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> no, only you guys live in Canada. <laughs> so far north. Um. So yeah, I continue to play D anD D with another group of friends. Um. So that is by far and away the most that I played quote unquote in person or, you know, not on BGA. And then I was trying to think like, what other games did I play in person a lot? Or at all. And you know, the list really, or at all, it really tapers off quickly. So we have, um, cards against humanity that got brought out a few times as like a party game. Um, Marvel champions Mm -hmm. that got brought out. I played that uh, a few times. And then uh, probably Viticulture. Viticulture is a great one. I got brought out to the table a few times. I love Viticulture in person because it is an excuse to open a bottle of wine. And by excuse, I mean (laughs) mandatory. (laughs) So those are probably like the top ones. I might be missing a few here and there. But I mean, the main thing was Dungeons Dragons, as always. So far and away, d and I mean, and honestly, that's a pretty good list of games even if you just had like a bi-monthly that's twice a month in this particular context D game that's still a lot of game time over the year and mm. yeah i mean considering that each session is usually like anywhere from like two to four hours yeah all right i like that kitty what are your biggest most funnest most memorable games of the year outside of bga so it's a tricky one because there's kind of like sections of this year because there was the time before we moved where um we had a house set up capable of playing board games in (laughs) and during that part of the year we played windward quite a bit that's been one that we've we've really been enjoying um and we tried to play through i I was trying to, I created like a, um, like a vase that I threw the name of every game that I hadn't played in my collection in. So we were drawing names out of that. And so we did a lot of one plays of games that I backed on Kickstarter that one time and decided whether or not we were going to keep them. <laughs> so we, we really played through a lot of games and pared down the collection doing that before we moved. I should probably do then, that. It's I enjoyed it and it was interesting sometimes because I picked like, you know, just a random game out of there. I didn't like look through and be like, okay, which one are we going to check off the list today? It kind of took the choice away from me. So sometimes there were times where I was like, oh, I don't want to set this up or something. But I, you know, I took the choice away from myself. So I made myself do it and we got through more games that way. Yeah. I mean, part of the hardest, well, 
one of the hardest things for a lot of people is just deciding what game to play. Yep. And if you have like, you know, 30, 40, 50 unplayed games, even if you have like five or six unplayed games, sometimes just I think I have the, like 10. Yeah, the number of choices <laughs> is overwhelming where you're like, ah, I don't really want to learn anything. So let's just watch a movie. And when you're drawing from a hat and saying, okay, what we draw is what we play, it sort of just says, all right, we're doing this. We made this commitment. Mm-hmm. We reached into this hat. We now owe the universe a game. Yep. I like it. A game of this that we pulled out of the hat. So yep. so we did that. So nothing really stands out from that group of games. But I know we didn't get rid of as many as I thought we would. We got rid of one that Spencer didn't like. It was Bloom, I think. It was just a little too. It was like somewhere, like, it was too much work for how casual it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, I can see that. Um, so then all of my games got packed up and put in boxes, and I only left out a few games. So <laughs> I played a lot of games with my mom, and we played Azul and Herbaceous a lot, because that's what she likes to play. And I managed to get Calico to the table a couple times, because that's what I like to play. And it was like one of three games that I left out during my move. And yeah, that's about it. And then now we're finally just now getting to the unpacking and having games out in our home again phase. And we just got the Windward expansion in Big Box. So we're getting that to the table, hopefully very soon. And we're looking forward to lots of plays of some stuff. And we need to get you and Sydney over here so we can finally finish Betrayal Legacy because it has been haunting me. (laughs) We also have... uh, Something else haunting you in your home. (laughs) It's the only haunting in my home. We also have Pandemic no. Legacy Season 2 that sh- sh- still, we'll never I think you it. have that as well. I do have it. Yeah, You should just play through it. It's just on your own. <laughs> and then let us know how it ended. <laughs> I'm going to revisit Paris and do what I think we should have done. No, Par- to begin with. Paris is fallen. That's just what it is. I mean, and, and it deserved mm-hmm. it. I'm like, it- I don't. I can't even remember if we finished that argument to the point where we made a choice. I don't think we made a choice. We might have made a choice. I think that, that is where we left it. <laughs> that might be where we we're either at right just now. made that choice or we still have to make a choice. I don't know if I can like discern from opening well, that box actually, these I don't, days. It's been so long. Was, can I even figure out what we need well, to do? Well, wait a minute. Was Paris <laughs> even Pandemic Legacy season two? I think that was season. That was season two. I think was it? No. Yeah, that was like. Now you're going to have to open up the box. You and and me got in like a heated debate. And Josh and Spencer were just like, I'm done with this. I'm done with you two. (laughs) (laughs) I still think that was season one, though. I don't think so. All right. Well, you have the box, so you would know. I do. But now you can can put the stickers anywhere you want on there. I think it's actually right over here. As she. It is. I see it. I'm peering at it from right here. All right. And Betrayal Legacy, they're right next to each other. So for the post credits, we're going to open up that box. Okay. In the meantime, <laughs> I'm gonna have to do some scooting. Yeah. <laughs> so this year, talk to Fletcher. <laughs> I played lots <laughs> of games in person. Um, so we started setting up a weekly game night on Thursdays and Fridays. Thursdays local. Um, our friend Jen comes over and we'll play whatever um, works for whatever we happen to be playing. Um, and then Friday is Gloomhaven over Zoom and Steam, which I still count as in real life because we're talking to people in real life and playing in real time. Um, also, it just makes the game so much easier. And 
So we've gotten a lot of games in. We played all the way through Role Player Adventures. We started My City, which is another kind of a... It's a legacy game, but it's a tile-laying, point-scoring game, which typically I don't like. Um, Kitty, I think you would love this game, by the way. My City... Noted. ...should be a game that you and Spencer could just play straight through. Because um, it, it has... You know, the problem is Spencer also doesn't like those games. Yeah. I'm going to have to start... You mean you need to get a BGA adapt- adaption so I can play with Joe Hoover. <laughs> yeah, it, and it's, it is good. And he'll kick my butt like he does with Carcassonne every time. Yeah, it's it's good. It's I really like it. Um, but... <laughs> Jen and Sydney were just playing it to humor me. So I'm like, okay, I'll stop bringing it out. Um, and now that they're hearing this, they're like, no, 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 we'll keep playing it with you. And I'm like, I know you will, but you'd rather play anything else. And now we're playing ISS Vanguard. So I'm not sure that my city is going to trump that yet. <laughs> um, but I also like the conventions. We, I Well, I went to Bo- Dice Tower Cruise with Josh. Gen Con, we went to for a day. Game Hole Con, I went to for a day. Um, I just, there weren't a lot of long-term convention stuff, but of the conventions I went to, I still got to play some pretty good games. Um, Game Hole Con, thanks, Steve, set up a Great Western Trail, so I got to play it in person. And I played a lot of Marvel United, uh, a lot of Keyforge recently, played a campaign, played through the... Um, uh, the pop-up book campaign of Too Many Bones, which was awesome. Uh, Vagrant Song, which I don't like as much as the Dice Tower crew likes. It was okay, but... Eh. Uh, Final Girl, Ark of Horror, the card game. Uh, played Decrypto and Deception and Murder in Hong Kong are like our go-to family games right now. And I've played those many times. Uh, and a little bit of Hadrian's Wall here and there. A lot for testing. So, but yeah, I've... I got a lot of games in this year. Like, it was a good year for games. I don't know how, because I've been crazy busy, <laughs> but, you know, we just set up times like, hey, yeah, Thursdays and Fridays, we're playing games. And actually, no, Wednesdays, we were playing games with you guys. So, yeah. like, Wednesday was the crew. Thursday was miscellaneous in-person game. Friday was Gloomhaven. Um, and I say was, we're basically taking the holidays off, but I expect that those schedules will pick back up on the other side. Um yep. And Monday was our podcast. The only day off, we had Tuesdays. And then oftentimes, if something got canceled, (laughs) we would say, okay, well, let's move our gaming thing to Tuesday instead. So it was like every single night we were doing something. Um, Yeah. Lots of games. I like games. What about you, Kitty? Wait, you already said yours. Yeah. We we did it. We We said both of ours. We've accomplished an episode. (laughs) The entire episode has been accomplished. (sighs) And I have this box open. So we're going to go to that. But first, I want to ask the final question. <laughs> Looking back at 2022, Fletcher, summarize it. <laughs> what? <laughs> the whole year. Just just put it all into a nice, concise um, statement. Great fun. Okay. That's a statement. That's a statement. Kitty, what about you? It's been a roller coaster. <laughs> that's, that's, that's <laughs> it's, it's been a year. <laughs> You've. You've How had about you, Chris? Pretty big changes. Um, huh. Crazy. Yeah, and that works crazy. too. <laughs> 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 yeah, just huh. Yeah, no, crazy, crazy busy. That's probably the best yeah. one. I agree. The year started out pretty good, pretty, pretty, pretty low key. Work was, you know, kind of everything was running on autopilot. And then um, about a third of the way in, 
everything just started getting super, super busy. And I've, I've, I've been wanting to do more than I've been able to do, but I've still done a ton. And I think that that is, I should focus on what has been done, not on what hasn't been done. I also gave away a lot of games. Yeah. All right. And you didn't buy as many games. I did or not. Or are you just tricking us? I did not buy as many games. I have bought some games, ba- or back some games, and um, we will talk about those in the next episode. But <laughs> for the most part, I am much more selective in the games I'm backing and buying. And yeah, I only have, I don't know, maybe a literal, well, not a literal handful, but five games that I've bought and not played yet. So that's that's pretty good. That's way better than normal. All right. I think that's a good enough episode. Everyone have a merry holiday season, whatever that means for you. And we will have an episode next week. That episode will be recorded in about 10 minutes from now. So don't expect a whole <laughs> lot of uh, pre-show banter. But we... I won't have any new tragedies no, to fill No new tragedies. Around. We talk Hopefully. about missing snowmen or, <laughs> or anything like that. Um, but this is... We wanted to make sure that we had some episodes over the holidays. And yeah. So, Kitty, take us out. Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. You can be part of our live recordings Monday nights, 830 Central, but not until January 2nd. Join our Discord to continue the conversation. It is also where you can join us and other listeners in a constant stream of online games on Board Game Arena. Try to take down Chris's win stats. Come on. Next year, Chris is a loser. Bring it. <laughs> if you have not, if you've never played Great Western Trail and you want to learn, let me know. Join my game so I can keep my win streak going. <laughs> The show notes have all the links you need, and you can always go to tabletopgametalk.com for more information and to search our growing archive of episodes. Hosting fees, giveaways, and Chris's win streak are sponsored by our patrons. <laughs> Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sarah Wentworth, Michael Finley, Listener Doug, The Gift of Games. Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Danita Hersey, Jim Conrad, Lightning Steve, Gary Bunker, Peter Fleming, Andrew Fayash, John Williams, Sir Sully, Matthew Droke, Jimothy, Paul Romer, Nicholas Lotz, Weatherman Keith... Leanne Verholst, Stephen Judd, Marina Stevens, Ben Gary, Sean Peck, Michael Yanikowski, Jeremy Fisher, Christopher Dong, Terrence Miltner, Richard Yossi, Tolkien Fan Forever, Stephen Falcon, Joe Romero, David Radke, Brian Arnold, Courtney Falk, Ryan Ellett, Dan Seed, Darren McClelland, David Garner, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, Agnes Toth, Ron Nelson, Aaron Moore, Don Gilstrap, Glenn Cotter, Eric Salander, Adrian Dong. <laughs> Kitty is <laughs> distracting me by like unfolding this giant thing on on the screen and it's i don't know what that is i'm getting ready for the post credits just finish them okay okay sorry where was i adrian dong (laughs) where i think is where i was (laughs) give me a second courtney falk ryan l dancy darren mcclendon David Garner, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, Agnes Toth, Ron Nelson, Eric Moore, Don Gilstrap, Glenn Cotter, Eric Salander, Adrian Dong, Eric Huffman, Jason Ronnie, Justin Miller, Jerry Wong, Sean P. Kelly, Christy Keel, Monica Witchman, and Michael27. And thanks to anyone who's ever been a patron. You support this world to us, past, present, and future. Um, if you want to patron us, please do. Links in the show notes. Until next week, keep playing games and having fun.
All right, so Kitty is looking at a giant map with some stickers on it. <laughs> and it means nothing to me anymore. I don't remember what any of this means. The real question is, does Paris exist? Paris exists, and it has a sticker on it. So we must have debated over Paris in season two. Uh, yeah. All right. I don't remember anything about this game, obviously. <laughs> I don't remember anything about this game. 